Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sylvia Global Radio. You're listening to Devoted Moms with Tasha and Regina, an hour of engaging conversation for women who embrace the career of being a full-time mom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Devoted Moms, Tasha and Regina. This is Tasha. Hey, hey Tasha. Regina. <laughs> Hi, Devoted Moms. Glad to see you another week down, another week uh, in the in the new year of 13. I hope that uh, last week was kind to you since we were uh, last together, and hopefully today's topic and um, our discussion will yield, um, I, I hope, just lots of support and lots of information exchange so that yes. we can continue to do um, even better by our children. And so, Sasha, you want to talk a little bit about how your week went since we've talked last. Oh, I sure would. But before I do that, let me just so, tell you guys where you talk, can join us real quick. Hmm? Yeah, since we've talked last with the rest of the world, we have talked since last week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we talk every day, matter of fact. Uh, but if you want to join our conversation this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are, uh, you can join us at 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138 or online at sylviaglobal.com. You can also comment on our Twitter page, Devoted Moms, and our Facebook page, Devoted Moms. And we can, um, we're can we live with you on Twitter and Facebook, so go ahead and, and log in and send us a question. But, um, yeah, this week actually has been pretty good and I've gotten a lot done. Um, but today is one of those days. Uh-huh. In fact, I, I posted on Facebook, um, you know, woosah, woosah, I need a little encouragement today. <laughs> um, and it was so cute because as soon as I posted that, I thought to myself, oh, let me put on Pandora because music always makes me feel better. And uh-huh. so I put on Pandora. It was on my gospel station, and it was this song um, by Coco, a girl that used to be part of Escape. She's in gospel yeah. music now, and so she's got a song that's called um, I Get Joy. And so the words are, I get joy when I think about what you've done for me. I get joy from that. I get joy from that. I get joy when I think about how you set me free. I get joy for that. And um, so that just uh, that just was perfect. And then Mia grabbed my thumb like she wanted mm-hmm. to pull me somewhere, and she grabbed me into the middle of the living room and just started dancing. <laughs> so we had a praise break together in the middle of the living room, and you know, awesome. that made it that made it just all better. But just you know, just one of those days, moms. I mean, you know, I know you've had them where I felt like there's just too many things to do and not enough time in the day. Feeling like I'm not spending enough time with the baby. She was fussing. And I couldn't figure out why, and I think it was because she just wanted me, and she just wanted mm-hmm. some time with me, and I was just busy with other stuff. And so, you know, that's kind of how my afternoon has been. Um, mm. You know, and even contemplated not wanting to do the show today because I just thought it was just too much, and you know. And then I thought, no, but I get, I do, I get so much joy, and it's not a chore to do this show. It's actually so much fun. Um, I enjoy it immensely, and. I was excited about the show topic as well, so I just thought, no, we're going to push through and uh, we're going to do the show today, and I'm glad I did because I feel better already. <laughs> so that's been my day. 
Oh, wow. Well, um, I'm totally there with you. Um, it's so interesting how our uh, how we're in sync um, with sometimes the emotions and sometimes the spirit. And so, you know, I have to stay out there as devoted moms. I did call Tasha and see if we could um, if we could out. And then <laughs> at the same time, I said, well, should we just press through? And um, pressing through has been a... Um, has been a theme in my in this last week, you know, just to continue to press and to move forward even when you don't really want to, um, knowing it's the right thing to do. And you know, devoted moms. Before Tasha and I come on a lot on the air live, um, we spend a few minutes together and ask God to use us, and just hope that He uh, shines through uh, way more than our intentions and our um, beliefs. Uh, but, you know, it's got to share good. And so as we were doing that, um, there really is a shift. Um, I did get a chance to go to what I'd like to call now God's country. I went to Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> it was about it was a three-hour. beautiful weather, too. Oh, oh, my goodness. It was about a three-hour drive. And when I saw you, the sun was high. There was some point where the girls and I rolled down the windows, um, just to let the air, the fresh air come through the car. And uh, Tasha knows I'm kind of a marathon driver. So, you know, anything under 10, and I'm like, oh, that's nothing. So it's right. about. <laughs> and I'm the total opposite, by the way, people, devoted moms out there. More than two hours, and I can't I can't hang. Okay, but go ahead. You've gotten, you have gotten so much better since you started drinking coffee. <laughs> I was really fortunate. I have, um, you know, I have been so blessed with uh, just incredible friends and support. And so we went, um, shout out to Teresa and Noah and Colin and uh, PC, who's um, a little boy who wants to be called PC. His name is Finley, but he's going by PC this week. And so <laughs> the girls and I went to visit, oh, and don't forget Winter, who is the bunny and mostly the dog. So we went um, because these are friends uh, of our of my, of, of my family since um, Indira was four months old. Uh, Noah and uh, Indira uh, met in, in in baby care in, in the infant room. Mm-hmm. They have been best friends ever since. In fact, there were times um, years ago where Indira was said that she was going to marry Noah because she loved her. So why wouldn't she? Right. <laughs> The relationship is pretty deep. And so we went kind of on a um, whim and just relaxed and ate too much and laughed too much and drank a little vino too much and just really enjoyed. It was like a good country visit. Mm -hmm. For those who are uh, not familiar with what a country visit is, that's where you just kind of sit around the table or congregate even in the kitchen and you just talk and hang out and there's no schedule. And um, God bless Colin. He was the only testosterone. Well, Finley's testosterone, um, but Finley's only two. And he took okay, the kids. Right. He took, you know, he got the girls up and took them um, swimming and took them to the playground. And so uh, Teresa and I were just able to just, you know, just hang out with each other. And it was so wonderful. I mean, it was so it was a simple time. And so, yeah. and, uh, you know, you know, when you come back to reality. <laughs> The only thing about going is when you have to come back and you you're, you're you know the laundry needs to be done and um, 
We actually today uh, got snow. We woke up to snow this morning in Maryland. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And a two-hour school delay. Which is how oh, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, which was interesting, Tasha, is, you know, we had a two-hour delay um, for snow in the past when I was working for someone else. It was mm-hmm. major anxiety. Oh, my God. And now I've got to figure out what am I going to do and how old am I going to be for work and, oh, my goodness. It was just so nice not to do that this year, you know, not to right. do that this season. And so I was hoping, you know, to get a couple of extra hours in. But <laughs> Right, that's, that's not too shabby. Of course, as soon as they realize there's snow outside, everybody's awake and, you know, like, oh, what are we going to do? And um, we're not going to school. No, you're going to school. You're just going to school, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did do is, like, I got to fix a warm breakfast, and in my house, that's uh, cracking open a can of biscuits and putting them in the oven, <laughs> and cut up some mango. And the girls pretended like they were in a cafe, and they were having tropical fruit and biscuits, and Aww, you know, they're what a great they're, way to start the day. The best hot chocolate and apple cider that they've ever had. And so I was um, fortunate, and and because you related um, what had what happened spontaneous with you and Mia, it makes me think in retrospect how grateful I am that this morning um, happened like it did, because it definitely makes right. me smile and makes me very happy that and very fortunate. Um, but I was able to do that. I wasn't hurry, trying to hurry up and get them together, so I had to drop them off with somebody in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, my housemate was, you know, we were kind of doing a tag team, and it's just, you know, it was good. The snow slowed us down, and that's what we needed. We didn't know we needed yeah. it, but, but that's certainly what we, um, what, what, what I needed. And so, yeah. so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, we've got a very interesting topic today. I want to, mm-hmm. again, um, invite folks to join in and share their experiences um, once we get started on the topic. And that number is, again, 347-215-6138 if you want to hit us up so we can um, just join us for some coffee. Join us for this coffee break. Yes. Today's yes, ma'am. topic. Today's topic. Well, I like this topic, and it's and it's. I mean, sometimes people see the word sex, and they just think it's going to be, oh, what are they talking about? This is scandalous. But you know, really, how this kind of came about, and again, many of our topics come from just a regular old conversation Regina and I might be having. But we both have girls. We both have two girls, and. So, you know, when you become a parent and devoted mom, you know this. When you become a mom, you kind of have, you you approach being a mother two, from two different angles. One, you think, okay, what are some of the things that I learned from my mom and traditions that I learned from my mom, big ones and small ones that I'm going to carry into, you know, my journey as a mother. And then there's a couple of, um, and then you look on the other angle and you say, now what were some things that, you know, not that my mom did bad necessarily, but what's what was missing? And, and now that I'm a mother, what are some things that I feel I want to provide for my daughters that maybe I didn't get from my mother? And so that's really, you know, where this topic came from. Um, just what kind of things and what kind of approach is uh, Regina and I gonna, going to approach our children and our daughters especially? I have a son as well, but our daughters especially. What what are some things that we would like to teach them and things that we wish we knew 
when we began, you know, our sexual journeys. And so then we were like, oh, that could be a good, a good, um, a good topic for a show. And so I actually, we can start off by reading some of the comments from Facebook. When I posted mm-hmm. it on Facebook and I said, hey, you know, everybody, what is one thing that you wish your mother would have shared with you? So we, we got a couple of comments, and I don't know if you saw these, um, Gina, so I'm just going to read a couple of them for you. And uh, tell me, devoted moms, call in or shoot us an email on Facebook or Twitter and let me know if you can relate. Um, let's see. We have a listener from California, Los Angeles, California, and she said she wished her mom would have told her how much power the kitty has. <laughs> How much power we have. <laughs> I love the kitty. You know, the it's, kitty. It's, it's, I, I think that we are going to um, hear a variety of references mm-hmm. to um, our female anatomy. And right. the kitty is, is definitely a chuckle. I can remember um, uh, the purse. Your purse. Oh, <laughs> your purse. Your okay. Purse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, wow. I, I agree. Um, and it's funny that the caller from California, saw, you know, thought about it like that because mm-hmm. I had a conversation actually not uh, just last week um, with a friend of mine who's 45, and you know, still, um, still hasn't quite understood uh, that you know, power is get as power is given, it is taken. And I, I I do think that there are some um, smart talks that we would like to have with our um, daughters or rather we'd like to have with the girls that we're going to help um, kind of shepherd through um, that mm-hmm. aspect of their lives, even if it's not, you know, the mother-daughter connection. Um, right. Do we have any, right. uh, we have any other um, reflections? Yes. We did. Let's see. We had one from Atlanta, Georgia, and she said she wished her mother would have told her that it's okay for you to enjoy sex and to desire it as much as your partner, and it's okay to be open and vulnerable with your needs, and it doesn't have to be considered a chore. That was good. Yeah. (laughs) And she said that she, she has two daughters and has passed this down to both of them as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then really kind of a little bit of the underlying underlying theme here from about three or four other listeners is my mother didn't tell me anything. And so oh that's my me. I have my hand raised. And um, mm-hmm. 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 I can't remember one conversation about sex itself um, with my mother. I can remember one conversation about my cycle and about mm-hmm. my anatomy, my ovaries, and kind of what all that does in there on the inside. My mom's a nurse mm-hmm. by trade, so... Uh-huh, uh-huh. She kind of came at me from that angle, um, mm-hmm. which was fine. You know, you need to know that too. But as far as the actual, you know, act of sex and anything oh. pertaining to, <laughs> we never had a conversation. <laughs> never had a conversation. Well, so yeah, um, so I, I definitely wanted to change that for for my 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 journey of motherhood. Well, and Trish, I think as devoted moms, that's what we have the opportunity to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our parents were in different generations trying to discover lots of other things, and if they were taking cues from their mothers. Um, that right. generation was very, um, to me, I, I, I described it as oppressed um, mm-hmm. when it comes to seeing sex as something pleasurable and even seeing sex as... Um, you know, and like it's interesting that the uh, caller mentioned the word chore. <laughs> right. 
Um, and, and so, you know, when you think of your grandmother, you know, you kind of are like, oh. Um, but one of the things that I, I did my own independent study, um, I won't, you know, mention my uh, methods, and they probably are called, could be called in a question by most researchers. But I asked them <laughs> quite a few people um, that I know, I, and, and I just said it, what, you know, what did your mother never tell you about that? Mm-hmm. And they'd say, well, that's a strange question. I said, well, you know, it's not a, there's not a right or wrong answer. And they said, well, you're assuming that she, and this was like a, probably about five people said the same mm-hmm. thing. You're assuming that she told me anything. Anything, right. And this, this was cross-cultural. This was mm-hmm. from, uh, right. I have a friend who is Korean. I have a friend who, you know, is um, Native American, African American. And across, and it was also um, throughout the the age spectrum, you know. So right. it, it it was just very interesting how, um, because of um, how they were introduced, is kind of how they view it or had to learn to review it or reframe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, Tasha, um, my dad, we we had next to our dictionary. Um, on the shelf, we had had uh, a book called "Where Do You Come? Where Did I Come From?" And it was kind right, of a okay. gra- I, I guess considered a graphic novel back in the day. And believe it or not, my dad one day looked at my brother and I, um, who I guess he must have been about ten or eleven, and he looked at the bookshelf and he said, "Hey, have y'all seen that book up there?" And we were like, "What? The dictionary?" <laughs> He's like. He's like, no, it's a book up there called Where Did I Come From? And, you know, look at it. You know, let me know if you have any questions. And we were like, oh, okay. Now, we had looked at this book probably, you know, five years before that. <laughs> and, you know, we're just as confused when we picked it up as we put it down. Um, and so it was. that was pretty much about it. Now, the other very, very loud message that I did get that I also heard in my independent study was don't come home pregnant. Uh-huh. Don't bring no babies home. Right. In various forms of fashion um, to the point where Daddy would take us to parties and then say, um, would take us to parties and then say, uh, I didn't drop anybody off pregnant, and I don't plan on picking anybody up pregnant. <laughs> Classic wow. Patty, right? Now, at that point, did you even know how to get pregnant? Um, you feel like you yeah. do? Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I totally right. knew. Right. <laughs> and this is, this, you know, I do remember one time um, my dad, like, screaming at me. Uh-oh, sorry about that. You all right over here? Yeah, we are right. <laughs> I keep the alarm on when I'm home alone, and my husband just walked in the door. So, um, all right, everybody. Sorry about that, everybody's okay. mom. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we'll talk about safety on the next show. Right, um, right. Personal, personal safety. But yeah, the dad was just like, it was like he knew I knew, and between reading and that was also when HBO first came out, so there was some cutting edge stuff on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm dating myself. Um, and then some of my girlfriends did share with me that they just took it upon themselves to do a lot of reading. What the reading couldn't um, quite connect was the heart with the spirit and um, right. the emotional part. Right. And that was and that, that's, yep. um, 
that's crucial. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could have figured out the anatomy part, but to understand, um, you know, what's what's precious and sacred and mine to give and mine to take mm-hmm. um, was not explained to me by, you know, the person that taught me so many other, other so many other um, incredible, um, you know, bits of wisdom throughout my life. Right. So, yeah, that's that's, um, that's been that was basically that was huge for me. Just the the emotional side, the the emotional roller coaster that you'll go through, the feelings that you'll have afterwards. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That was just you know, and it took a lot of bumps and bruises before you know I was able to really learn learn from those. Um, and who you know, I don't think that I I think my past probably still would have been you know very much the same, um, but I would have just had the knowledge. Um, you know, to back up and maybe not gone through some of the hurtful things as long, you know, the gap. Mm-hmm. My 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 goal with my kids is not necessarily that they're not going to have any trouble and that they're always going to make the right choices, but I'm hoping if I educate them on the different subjects that the trouble they do go through or do experience is lessened because right. they'll remember in the back of their head what their mother told them about sex or what their mother told them about anything. Um mm-hmm. And so that's really what I felt like I lacked as well is just the emotional connection um, and the emotional side, the emotional spiritual side of sex, which is mm-hmm. so much more than the physical part. Right, right, right. right the physical right, right. part you can figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I think the other thing too, Tasha, um, in Devoted Moms, I wanted you all to know that this um, – we didn't come up with the question, you know, what your mother never told you about sex. Um, there is a incredible um, medical doctor, Hilda Hutcherson, who is in New again? York. Um, it's Hilda Hutcherson. Okay. Um, she's a gynecologist that's in New York, and um, she actually has ties to Tuskegee, Alabama. Big up, big up. Um, and we were hoping that we would have Dr. Hutchinson on, or Dr. Hill uh, is kind of what you know her um, in, her endearment name is. Um, but she wrote this book, and it was because um, she was seeing so many women who were coming to her that just were clueless, not even just about sex, but let's talk about before sex. You know, what are the real mm-hmm. names of of your body, um, particularly um, in your intimate areas. Um, or your private place is, is another mm-hmm. like, common term, your private. Um, and so it, it was interesting um, that I was a full adult almost, you know, in my deep in my 30s when I came across this book. And so um, if I could just really quickly in the, um, in the realm of in honoring Dr. Hilda's research and also just kind of how she put together a book that was helpful for me, she mm-hmm. starts, her chapter one is getting to know you. When was, and it starts, when was the last time you took a good look at your vulva? I'm not talking about anything clinical, kinky, or even sex-related. Just taking a hand mirror and inspecting your genitals the same way you might examine your hands when you're doing your nails or look at your skin in a mirror when you wash your face. If you're like most women, looking at your genitals is probably not a part of your usual routine. In fact, as children, most of us were taught not to look at, talk about, touch, or pay too much attention to our genitals at all. Down there was a private place. Hmm. 
private from they're even our, ourselves. <laughs> the private place. And so um, it was very interesting that um, she started out this book very, very, like, straightforward. Yeah. Uh, and she has followed up, and we'll talk a little bit more, Devoted Moms, about some of the things that she just discussed in the book that was, um, I know, helpful for me. And as I start to have language um, to talk to my daughters and also the young ladies that I love and I care about in my life, um, you know, it's part of just like learning how, you know, teaching them how to potty train. You know, I did all kind of investigation (laughs) (laughs) because I did not want a 12-year-old still in diapers. And so I think that if we um, approach it with the same tenacity, of mm-hmm. how do we, how are we comfortable? How do we become comfortable ourselves? Um, and how do we do it in a way that uh, aligns with our own value system? Mm-hmm. That that's preparation instead of the reaction to now, mommy. How did I get in there anyway? Yeah, I know I came out your valley, but how how did I get in there? And you know, instead of having that, um, you know, deer with the headlights. <laughs> Or uh, the stork dropped you in there? Well, you know, and the other thing is, but you're only six. But it's a completely mm-hmm. reasonable question. How did, exactly. you know, how did Nia get, get him, Titasha? Did mm-hmm. she drink something? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, preparing ahead of time uh, for the discussions about, um not just, like I said, you know, I think it's, you know, I hate to say this time, but I think it's sexy to say, you know, what you know about sex. But mm-hmm. um, I think we really <laughs> want to talk about um, just, you know, how do we teach our girls to take good care of themselves. Um, and a big part of doing that is understanding their bodies mm-hmm. and then understanding their bodies in relation to their 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 partners that they choose um, to be, to share their bodies with their intimate partner. Right. So, Tasha, um, do we have any other, uh, and I want to thank my um, my dear sweet um, co-facilitator, co-host Tasha, is actually manning not only just the phones and the boards, but also, um, you know, just doing it with such ease. And so she's seen where you all are dropping comments on our pages. And so I... Um, and relying on her to kind of share if there are some other comments. Well, there was another one on on Facebook that was kind of funny that I wanted mm-hmm. to share. Um, let me see if I can pull it back up because I did, I lost I lost it. <laughs> Where'd it go? Um, it was hilarious because actually she was, you know, in her twenties when her mom made this comment, which is really funny um, because at that point you you know you kind of assume they know what they need to know. And so for her mom to say that um, at 20 was was really kind of funny. Um, Oh, here it is. So she said, she said, first of all, that her and uh, her mother never really had to talk with her or her brother. And she said, she remembers the day that my mom blushed at something that my brother and I said. Something like, I swear, Mom, sometimes you act like you've never had sex. Um, And they were 21 at 24 at the time. And so she said, Mom's response was, what makes you think I have? <laughs> As she was blushing. <laughs> and this is when a 20, you know, her kid's over the age of 20, and she still wants them to believe that, you know, they were created by immaculate conception. 
So, um, <laughs> or Tasha, really she funny. might have been getting ready to reveal that they were adopted. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's, uh, we actually, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but um, I was getting to know a mom, uh, another devoted mom, a few days ago. We do pick up together at school. And um, she's at home now managing her managing her home, but she used to be mm-hmm. in the public health um, arena, and she would teach classes on how to talk to your kids about sex. So she unfortunately could not be on our show today, but I think she's going to be on our show next week. And so, you know, devoted moms out there, if you're at that point where you want to talk to your children but you just don't know where to start, how to start, how much to say, um, you know, what what do you not say? You know, it is a confusing time, and sometimes we do feel more comfortable just not saying anything. Um, but if you are at that point where you want to learn um, some techniques, then she will be on our show next week. Um, and if you, devoted moms out there, would like to comment and, you know, give us a call or go online and shoot us a quick email and let us know if you're a mom now with a with a daughter or a son, what are some of the things that you've told them? How did you introduce the conversation? Did they ask you a question and that got the ball rolling? You know, how mm-hmm. did you start your conversation with your children? Um, we'd love to hear different. I mean, I, you know, we're, Regina and I are still in the thick of it. Our kids are still very young, and so we would welcome and, and definitely welcome some different ideas and some different approaches that may have worked for you and your household. So, again, you can reach us at 347-215-6138. That's 347-215-6138 or sylviaglobal.com or Devoted Moms on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Um, Tasha, I and had I do want... a pretty good oh, conversation go with Jordan. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you, sweetie? No, 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 no. Go ahead, sweetie. I had a pretty good conversation. Um, I think it was a little time last year. Um, you know, I watch uh, a lot of Oprah's shows on OWN. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she's got a lot of inspirational shows on there and and shows that I actually need my notebook and take really good notes. And that's what I really love about her, about her, uh, her network. But I watch Our America with Lisa Wing. And a lot of times some of the shows are very hard to watch and definitely not kid appropriate. But she had a show uh, last season um, about teen moms, which is actually going to be, you know, our show topics uh, the next two weeks. And so I watched it first, and I thought it was perfect um, for Jordan and I to watch together so that we could just start some conversation around it. And and actually, it really did open up a lot of conversation. I, I chose not to say too much while we were watching it, and then we started, you know, talking afterwards. And so that's just one avenue with which Jordan and I have been able to, to talk about different subjects when it comes to sex. And she had a lot of questions. And so we ended up talking, I think, like an hour, um, which which was awesome, you know, because, you know, I, I was thinking that she'd be like, okay, thanks, Mom, you know, and leave the room. Uh-huh. But she didn't, you know. She wanted to know, well, how, well, what about this? And can they still go to school? And, you know, just a bunch of different questions. One of the teens um, ended up giving her um, gifting her child to another family um, but mm-hmm. still was able to be a part of the little boy's you know, family, and uh, so she was really curious about that, and so it just, it did, it opened up a lot of conversation, and um, so that is definitely one way that you moms out there, if there's a television show or a special coming on or a book or a video, mm-hmm. you know, just sit down and, and watch it, 
with your daughter and, and kind of see where she leads and, and follow her lead. Well, and Tasha, I think um, you touched on something really important. And from, you know, talking to um, mothers who have, you know, grown successful um, uh, adult uh, daughters, you know, a lot of them wish they would have done it differently. But mm-hmm. they, you know, keep saying, just keep talking, you know, let the, right. let that not be the first conversation um, or the that last. you talk about, you know, the small, ridiculous songs and um, what, you know, someone said and did at school. But, you know, what we think can be just, you know, little is, are actually stepping um, stepping stones to, you know, mm-hmm. the larger talks. And so right. um, because you and Jordan already have uh, a real attachment and connection and have talked about so many things very openly, um, it, it, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised at all that she was like, oh, this is a great time to ask all the questions I've been wanting to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the other thing, too, is what we have, uh, Tasha and I have both committed to each other with us having daughters, that if either of our daughters, um, or if any of our daughters now, because we have two apiece, um, need to talk and they can't talk to mom, that they mm-hmm. do have Titasha or they do have Godmommy. Um, that it's very important that there is an adult. Um, if if you can't handle it, then just like, you know, you put um, tutors for math assistance, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just like you find resources for, you know, for other issue areas, then it's important that you make sure that it's wider than just you. Because I do think there's some things that my daughters are going to say to me that I and, you know, I don't have a poker face very well unless I'm in the midst of, you know, if I'm in the midst of, like, my work, <laughs> then I can, you know, I can poker face it up. But right. when it comes to my kids and the emotional part of it, I'm just, like, everything's showing. So, you know, I don't want that to be um, a deterrent for them, but I do want them to have, and, you know, we both embrace the idea that it does take a village. And so, Definitely. you know, I think it's important that devoted moms out there know it's okay to connect with someone who has um, shared values and beliefs and um, a true love and devotion to your child and to their li- and into their uh, wellness. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we 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 can't be the ones to do it. It's just you know I don't and know that's if there's okay. yeah, and it's okay to know. Um, not your limitations, but that you know what resources that you want to make sure that um, are in place. Right. So no, that's, a good I, that's a good point. Yeah. I think sometimes us as devoted moms think we have to do it all, mm-hmm. just, just everything, all of it, and then we end up just, you know, really stressing ourselves out. And, you know, I definitely know, especially in the years to come when my daughter enters into her teens, um, that she'll be able to lean on you as her, you know, yeah. godmother and and you know, support system, you know, it does. It takes a village, and you can trust that village because, you know, you can also trust that I'll do the same, you know, for your mm-hmm. girls. And we did that right, right, right. You know, yeah, we, we were very purposeful purpose, about that. But we're very purposeful mm-hmm. about how, you know, we navigated our friendship. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's very important for devoted moms out there to have that and not, you know, just rely on yourself. This is hard work. It's not easy. No, it's not. Um, now, some of the things in the um, 
in Dr. Hilda's book that I do mm-hmm. want to let folks know is that she okay. does talk about, you know, starting off with body parts, you know, um, knowing what um, what what feels good and what may not feel so good. But um, And so she talks about erogenous zones. But she also mm-hmm. talks about the male body because okay. that's a whole other aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, of our girls' experiences. It's this other being that's already confusing us all get out, just, you know, emotionally and mentally. But now here's this physical stuff that's so different than what a girl's body looks like. Right. And so even, you know, some folks are much more comfortable about talking about the ovaries and, you know, what are the proper names for um, the anus and that sort of stuff and what's going to happen during the menstrual cycle. Um, we also need to educate them about what their male counterparts experience too. Right. Because um, I think it gives them just more information to make better decisions or to make the best decisions that they can. Uh, so she does talk about um, body parts. And then she talks about, you know, sensational sex. And just, um, you know, I guess it goes back to that comment that it's more than just a chore. Um, right. She talks about um, the orgasm that women experience uh, in search of the big O. But she also talks about the, um, something that's called outer course, which I thought was very interesting. And I have to say, I did not have a word for it or the word I had for it. Um, uh, felt very juvenile with, um, but it really talks about um, what happens when two people enjoy each other without penetration. Oh, and okay. When, well, and when I grew up, it was called grinding. <laughs> oh, hi, you <laughs> brought yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, it's actually called outer court, or this is how okay. Dr. Hilda, um relates it, uh, is outer court. Um, and then there's oral sex and anal sex, right. and then, of course, intercourse. Um, and so in her book, she really takes you step by step. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I always want to say, you know, explain it to me like a third grader, you know, like I'm a mm-hmm. third grader. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that um, with this <laughs> topic. But what I can do with my third grader is explain how important it is to keep um, her vulva clean and the mm-hmm. folds of her um, vagina clean because it's going to help her stay healthy. And so, and we also will talk about, you know, what's appropriate around touch. If you um, do want to touch yourself, it's completely okay, but I need for you to do it in privacy. Right. And, you know, children get the privacy thing. You know, it starts with going to the bathroom. Well, I want privacy. Mm -hmm. It's something that they already really have. We just have to put it into a perfect for them so that um, that they understand it. And then, you know, as soon as I'm, you know, Ms. Hold also, answer the question that's asked. You know, so answer if she asks, ask, answer the question that is asked. Don't add right. anything. So if she asks, Mommy, what, you know, why do you wear that diaper? Right. Well, it's not a diaper. That's actually a sanitary napkin. Well, why do you have it on? And it's because once a month, I'm going to need to protect mm-hmm. my clothing. And, and and I've had people say, and they stop right there. Okay, you need to protect right. your clothing. That makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play. <laughs> right, exactly. Rehab. Can you <laughs> from the red box? 
you know, because they, yep. they, they, they want it in, in, in the morsels that they can chew on and know I can always come back and follow up with her. Right. And then sometimes That's how it uh, started with Jordan and I. I remember she was in the car. I can't remember how old she was. I think she might have been eight or nine, maybe eight. Mm-hmm. And I was driving in the car. We were picking her up from dance class. And she was like, Mom, somebody in my dance class said that you and Daddy had to have sex in order for me to be born. Is that true? <laughs> so I'm driving, you know, Those I'm looking ahead. conversations. Oh, my God. conversations. Oh, and my God. first instinct, I'll be honest, my first instinct was to say, no, your friend's a liar. Uh, <laughs> Anna thinks, stay away from her. <laughs> right. Stay away from her. She's not your friend. Um, but I didn't say that. <laughs> uh but I, like you said, I just answered the question. I said, yes, that is true. Your father and I did have to have sex in order for you to be creative. And then I kind of, and then she just kind of looked, and I said, would you like to learn anything else? And she's like, no. And she started talking about something else because it wasn't really quite the time and the mm-hmm. age for her to talk about what sex was. But she just had a really, you know, simple question, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that she came to me about it. And I answered it, and then we moved on to something else. And right, right, so right. that really speaks to what that, you know, that point that she made. Just just answer well, the question that they asked. And, Tasha, we both have, um, I'm not sure how much you did, but I did quite a bit of um, outreach for HIV and AIDS prevention. And, in fact, I have a, um, did I ever show you my, uh, my cool certificate? Um, I'm the super condom lady. Did you know that was one of the things I have on my resume? No. One of, one of my accolades. Yeah, one of my accolades is that I was uh, I was uh, acknowledged and um, deemed a super condom lady. Okay. <laughs> so, you tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, I was doing HIV and AIDS outreach with um, young people, and we did age appropriate. So when it came to talking about diseases like HIV and AIDS, um, there were lots of uh, myths or um, stereotypes or, you know, just real just lies, I mean, <laughs> about right. how you get it. And and so depending on the age of the children, up until about, about eight or nine, it was a lot based on how you can't get it. And so it was really teaching them compassion. Compassion for someone who's not well, and so how do you not treat them like the leper? Um, or how do you, um, how would you treat someone with a broken leg? You know, you'd help carry their book. Uh, and so it was really putting into context um, a more age-appropriate how you can't get it. And I can remember being at a boys and girls club, and what we used to do is let them write um, the questions on index cards. Mm-hmm. And then I would just pull from the index card list so nobody would have to raise their hand and, you know, say, you know, say anything that would make the rest of the group laugh or, you know, make someone, you know, just want to fall into the hole and get away from the southwest. <laughs> right. um, and so it allowed for us to have a conversation where they were safe enough to ask questions. And they got deep on some of the questions. They asked about anal sex. They asked about um about it being more around homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, everything from that to my favorite um, fact was you would have to drink a gallon of someone's saliva or, depending on your age group you're talking to, spit, 
um, mm-hmm. for you to, to to contract the disease. Of course, oh. this is a big hit with the third graders, right? Right. <laughs> Everything with bodily fluids and sounds is a hot thing. And so, <laughs> and so we would, and then when they would, um, you know, get to the the things that were more about how do you get it, um, we had to talk. We had to talk about what adult do you have in your life that you can ask anything. And that you trust right. and that they love you. Mm-hmm. And some of them would say their dad, some would say their mom, some would say their aunt. And I said, that's a really good question for you to ask that person. Now, of course, devoted moms, that would be some of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so be prepared. <laughs> so, again, it goes into being prepared, um, knowing that it's going to come out and finding um, your own comfort level. And, again, mm-hmm. if it means that you need to pass it off to someone else or you – you know, I, I have to say, my mother did make an attempt to tell me about my menstrual cycle. She did mm-hmm. it with her best friend, and her best friend was way more comfortable than she was. And <laughs> I reacted like, oh, I already know about that. Now, I didn't know right. anything. She, they didn't, There were no follow-up questions or, you know, right, comprehensive right. tests you know, competency-based test or anything. But I knew that my mother was so uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. Aunt Bernice was trying to be cool. Right. (laughs) So it might be that you have to tag team, you know, or that you have, you know, right now, especially when girls are in that um, tween stage, they are connected to the hips, you know, with their peers. And so if there is a peer whose mother, you and I, you know, can – can kind of talk about it and say, you know, I think I'm going to approach this with um, my daughter. What, you, what have you said so far? You know, really seeking and getting some language for some other um, real-time moms. Because the other thing right. is that there are are so many, um, there's so many variations in, in play now. You know, we've got the Internet. We've got, right. you know, Brittany, uh, you know, Brittany Spears used to be the sweet girl, Hannah Montana, has moved mm-hmm. to Miley Cyrus, and so there's all of these, all of this um, information overload that we have to acknowledge and also put into our play, uh, you know, into our play, um, in our playbook, playbook or in our toolkit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, I agree. We can't run from it because it's not going anywhere, you know. No. And so we have to, you know, keep up with it as much as we can. I mean, our kids are always going to be up probably with stuff more than we are, just like we were up with stuff more than our parents are were. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but just being I have, kind I of have not, no, I have no doubt that I will have to say, let's Google that. Right. <laughs> 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 yep. Which is a common answer now. So a lot of questions. It, yeah. Yes. I was just that. doing that the other day in the car. Let me Google that and just check it out. <laughs> Um, I do want to acknowledge that there are some really valuable resources that I think that you have shared with Jordan and I um, have given as as books to to girls that I, you know, love and want to make sure are well. Um, And I just want to acknowledge the the American Girl Doll book series on Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. Yes, Um, it really... It really does put it in language that's appropriate to, they actually say seven until um, about 12 or so, or seven and up, I guess is what it would be. Um, and they have a few of them, and so it's not just about the body, but it's also, uh, I just got one for Sims that is about feelings and managing your yep. emotions. And, you know, what 
you know, just like some tips. And she, it's funny because she looked at it and she was like, oh, thank you so much, Mommy. I really appreciate it. And she put it down and went and put, picked up some other book. But Indira, who is six, is like, hey, Mommy, where's that feeling book at? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that to me is a really good resource that um, they keep it in an innocent way, but they also um, – you know, acknowledge uh, not so much it's about sex, but just about a, a, a girl's change in body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another book that um, I came across is actually from a homegrown Baltimorean. Her name is uh, Deborah Rothman, and that's spelled R-O-F-F-M-A-N. She uh, wrote this book and is known, uh, it's funny because she said this herself, so it wasn't, you know, a title that I've given her. Right. Um, in Baltimore, Maryland, where I live and work, I have a very unique nickname, the sex lady. Don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. It's not as if you pass me on the street, take a quick glance, and instantly say to yourself, oh, I bet that's the sex lady. It's not that kind of <laughs> It's actually a handle that many of my students call me by. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm not getting myself in deeper here. Um, as a person who comes to their school off and on throughout the school year to teach sexuality education, I'm not always recognized at first because for many it's been quite a while since they saw me in the building. And then they'll say, hey, I remember her. Um, I'll hear them say a few paces behind me, wasn't that the sex lady? <laughs> and so she is a sex education um, teacher who uh, is nationally certified as a sexuality and family life educator and has written this book, but how'd I get in there in the first place? And to date myself just a little bit, think of Dr. Ruth. Yes, I remember Dr. Ruth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She, she has no hold barred. She was no hold barred, but she also didn't look like what was coming out of her mouth was coming out of her mouth. No. And yeah, so it's funny because, uh, because uh, Deborah is the same way. You know, she mm-hmm. looks like the mom that could probably tell you how to make, you know, a quiche, you know, with three items in your refrigerator already. Right. Um, but she has figured out how to be comfortable with a very um, with a very difficult topic for some. Um, another was best friend's worst enemies, understanding the social lives of children, which is a little heady, but um, yet another interesting resource by uh, Catherine Grace. And you know what, Tasha, one of the things that we will start to do is as we mention these resources, we'll put them on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll even you know, throw a link so that folks can come to the Facebook page and say, hey, I remember they were talking about this. Um, I wonder where I can find this. There's right. One, what was the name uh, of Deborah Rothman's book again? Deborah Rothman's book is, but how'd I, how, and that's how with apostrophe D, I get in there in the first place. So very much like a kid would say, how did I get in there in the first place? Right. <laughs> um, one other resource that I want to give folks is It's Perfectly Normal um, by uh, Robbie Harris, uh, Changing Bodies, Growing Up, Sex, and Sexual Health. And it's so amazing, a book about eggs, sperm, birth, babies, and families. So she kind of covers the beginning and then um, follows up with the discussion around reproduction. And there is a question, do you talk about reproduction at the same time that you talk about um, sexuality? Mm -hmm. And I think that it depends on the individual family beliefs and values. 
um, what you know that your child is um, is asking and what she needs to know. And so I'm refusing to say is mature enough to handle. I'm going to say what you know she needs to know. What she needs versus to know. what you right. want her to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is about making sure that your daughter is able to take care of herself and understand and not be manipulated by others with their body because they know more than she does. Yeah, um, exactly. So there was a so those were a couple of um of of uh, resources that I know I came across that I thought was really good. Um and so um Tasha. Mhm. What um if you had to guess and we we don't have much time left, but if you had to say or um the one thing that you found out about sex that you will share with Jordan, what was an aha moment for you? Ooh, you know what? The biggest aha for me um, in my journey is that a man will have sex with you and not like you. And not even like you. And so what I learned from that is learning to build my relationship with whoever Mm -hmm. I was with before I Mm -hmm. even built the sexual relationship part so that we could learn to see if we liked each other for what each other was and that uh-huh. he could get to know me for me and like me for me versus, um, you know, just to have sex with me. That was um, that was a big eye-opener uh-huh. for me. I, I didn't always think, oh, he's so in love with me, he's going to marry me. I never went to that extreme. But uh-huh. I always, you know, I just, it just, you know, I had my feelings hurt a few times where, I just was like, you know, he doesn't even like me. Um, And so that was the biggest lesson for me that I think, I don't know how I'll phrase it or if I'll phrase it just like that whenever I talk to Jordan, you know, in our next conversation. But I do think some kind of way I will be passing, passing that down. So just being aware of where you stand with him, you know, Mm -hmm. when you have sex Mm -hmm. with him. Just where do you, where do you stand? You know, I'm not going to dictate to her how or when she chooses to, um, uh-huh. but when she does, just kind of knowing where you stand with him and just being real clear. You you say that all the time, and I love it when you say that. Just being real clear about where you are and where you stand. Mm-hmm. Well, it is funny, and I have to call you on it because I think we both have a pretty worldly view, um, but it also could be who she where where she stands with a, another female because we are not True, yeah. um, homophobic, mm-hmm. um, and that not we do understand that our children may fall in love with um, with uh, individuals that may be of the same sex. And so um, I think what I I think my aha moment was that um, sex is only as powerful as you make it. And that it is one component, um, a very important component of of me, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it the importance that I feel I need to, not for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so that means that I don't want to deny um, myself um, or you know overextend myself. That it really that it really has to be self driven, um, uh, and it has to be kind of value based. Um, I'm also hoping that I teach my girls, um, I really don't, I, I, we might get thrown off the air for this, but I really want them to, uh, 
to experience the world as much as they'd like to and know mm-hmm. that nothing can happen that we cannot work through, nothing, that um, that I know mm-hmm. that my God won't help me help you through it. And so I think if right. you have that sort of strong footing and foundation mm-hmm. that, yes, bad things will happen, um, things that I didn't intend to happen, happen. But, you know, mom, as long as she's here, is going to help me figure it out. Right. And help me make it right. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I think that is across the board with so many other um, aspects of their world, but particularly around sex and their their body and their interaction, especially intimately with others. Yes. There's, there's nothing. And I think that's a great segue into what um, we're going to talk about next week with teenage pregnancy. Oh yes, definitely. I'm I'm excited about those shows, and, and you and I have some experience with teen pregnancy, pregnancy, and so I'm excited about that show. Um, but before I get into that, we have one one comment from Tennessee, and mm-hmm. um, and this is kind of an area we didn't really touch on, but inappropriate touch, um, and mm-hmm. what that means and what that looks like when it comes to our body parts and talking to our children. And so, one father from Tennessee talks about his conversation around, you know, what's inappropriate. Um, and and how you know he is available and will you know always be here and you can you can tell me anything if you if you feel like you're getting touched from somebody. Um, and mm-hmm. my conversation with my children has even been around what may not be conceived as inappropriate. Usually, if if say if a man is 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 about to is thinking about or following your daughter, it starts off with more of a seduction before the actual. Mm-hmm you know, offense. And right. so I always speak to my daughter about, you know, is there someone that, you know, is asking certain questions that you feel like maybe he shouldn't be asking you? Or is he always touching you on, on, on your back or, or your leg? You know, it's not always, yeah, he touched me on my penis or he touched me in my vagina. Right, right, right. Where are, where are other places are they touching you? When you come out well, of your in the classroom, do you see him standing there staring at you? These are yeah. things that I also um, have her be just a little aware of. Oh, and I think that's totally going to be a topic um, that we can dedicate a whole hour to. But just really quickly, I'd like to um, really um, send out big props to the devoted dads or the phenomenal father. Um, William Teasley being one of them, in case he's listening. He uh, finally got a chance to hear some of the shows and was just like, oh, it was like, you know, hearing some of the inside conversations that men don't get back here. Um, But I do want to say that also teaching your children that if something doesn't feel right, it's okay that you acknowledge mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like it could be completely baseless or baseless. But if it makes you, your the hair on the back of your neck stand up or it just feels weird, you know, let's talk about it. Right. So it doesn't even, you know, and I've seen kids who are like, I don't know why he's sitting in that car parked right there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's looking at me. Well, let's talk about that. So how will, how can we be safe if that happens? You came in exactly. the house and you told us and then we're watching what he's doing. But there are some things that he might be doing, like pulling over so he's not driving and texting. But I'm glad that you spoke to what made you feel uncomfortable and you acted on it. Exactly. That's and so I'm not going to reduce it at all. But if something doesn't feel right, and I think that we often teach kids to ignore um, their intuition and the mm-hmm. and, and they're the things that, like I said, make your hair stand up or something just doesn't feel right. 
um, I think that we really have to encourage our young people to hold on to that extra sense um, that, you know, I think that the divine gives us. And I to agree. Stay, tuned, stay tuned into it so that they are able to stay as safe as possible. And like I said, I really do think that we should devote a full hour. And so I think that we voted that for raising that aspect um, of, you know, what do we do when we have um, children that we want to take care of? And that's not just with the daughters. But and we talked a lot about just daughters. We didn't talk much about males. Exactly. But this isn't the first time that we're going to have this conversation. Um, we did want to just, you know, start and open it up and see if our devoted moms are interested in um, our perspectives, but also sharing their perspectives and sharing it in whichever way is more comfortable, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or um, even calling in. Uh, but, you know, just these are these are how the devoted mom shows are, are going to develop. They're going to come, you know, as we continue to have these dialogues. Definitely, and we are over our time. So, devoted moms, we will see you next week when we talk about devoted moms, teen moms. They are devoted moms as well. So tune in with us next week for the Teen Mom Show. I'm out of here. See you on the other side, Regina. See you on the other side. Have a great one, uh, devoted moms. Bye-bye. Bye.